Welcome to Spiritually Fierce, the podcast. I am your host, Dr. Ricky Jane Adams, principal and founder of the Institute for Intuitive Intelligence and creator of the Spiritually Fierce movement. Spiritually Fierce is not just a phrase. It is a movement of awakening consciousness of which we are all a part, if we want to be. In each episode, we'll explore what it means to be spiritually fierce, how to become it, and why it is the revolution in consciousness that will save the world. Join me and my fierce guests for deep conversations on spirituality beyond the trinkets and superstitions of the new age that will support you to increase your power to serve. Welcome back everyone to Spiritually Fierce, the podcast. And today I am joined by a woman who is a friend, a former student, I guess a colleague. I feel like we're peers in this industry, uh, someone who inspires me deeply, but uh, someone I've been very guided by with my own book writing. I remember a certain conversation in a pub in Brisbane where you just laughed at my timelines for publishing Spiritually Fierce. We can talk more about that. Uh, Leonie has, how long have we been hanging out together for? Like, it has to be a good five years now. Yes. It's, it was after I got back from a beautiful retreat in Bali. There's yeah. a whole story there about we were meant to meet a priestess and we yeah. didn't turn up. So it was like this, this, you know, I was allured. And then I literally Googled, what is a priestess? Like literally, and you came up. Wow. And I was like, there, there's one. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. There we go. <laughs> so Luna, that was five years. Yeah, because Luna was um, 18 months at the time. She's almost seven. So there you go. That's how I know. Yeah, well, I love that. And we've done lots of very diverse things together. But let me read your bio so our audience gets to know you a little bit. You are an intuitive mentor, yoga and mindfulness teacher, a speaker, a well-being facilitator and author of the award-winning international best-selling book, Mother Om. Um, and Awakening. And you're also the creator of Luna Phoenix Designs, which are the, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, are these the earrings you've got in today? Are they Luna? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Beautiful. I have a number of Leonie's earrings in my collection. For over 10 years, Leonie has been teaching yogic principles, mindfulness, intuition, and the art of living life from our heart's intelligence. You incorporate corporate wellness programs and support women to return to wholeness. There's a lot that you do and a lot of skills that you have, but one of the first points of connection, I mean, other than the what is a priestess, was your book mother on and i know that was a life-defining publication for you so let's start there tell us a little bit about it and how it came to be in the world yeah beautiful thanks so much for this opportunity so it's there's always a, a great story i think behind every book and i think there is a book inside of everyone you know that it's, it's like intuition it's not the exclusive few that have it like everyone has an amazing story and and we connect through story we and we also connect through struggle as well um, to a to a degree so i think mother on for me was after going through a really heartbreaking divorce um really losing my connection to who i was my connection to the world Mother On was really this very healing, cathartic journey for me to I express, express my love as a mother and to really try to find that connection with myself and my son, Leo. So Leo's 13 in a couple of weeks, wow. but at the time he was only two. You know, when I divorced, he was two. And I literally just had this overwhelming desire to share my journey from divorce to divinity, which I really kind of like to 
um, define that because it was the breakdown before the breakthrough. You know, you hear these stories so many times. But I remember I went to um, a massive kind of conference, if you like, and it was all about book writing and it was all about sad value and how, you know, you write a book and then you get all these speaking opportunities. And I was like, yeah, it's basically an amazing business card. But it's also a great way of sharing your story to impact and inspire others. Yeah. So <laughs> it was one of it was a light bulb moment. It was very intuitive. I had over ten thousand dollars that I didn't have because I was a single mother at the time, yeah. and it was just I'm going to write a book, and I just that's what I did, um, and that was seven years ago. Yeah. Um, and yeah, life's been pretty magical since then because it launches you. As, a, as an authority in your in your field and I'm still teaching mindfulness I'm still teaching all the beautiful things I wrote about in Mother Wrong I'm just teaching it now to corporate but it's the same principles which I find really fascinating yeah let's break that story down a little bit because there's a lot of ways to get published in the world and even seven years ago the industry's changed quite a lot so who did you hand that ten thousand dollars to yeah. <laughs> yeah. so it was it was called the key person of influence so it's a really well known they're called dank global now and it wasn't just book writing it was basically the five p's which is publish partnership products profile yeah um and probably another one in there somewhere but of course if you publish your profile yeah. expands and then you attach products it's very clever and it's a great strategy and so uh, my, my main feeling at the time was was really to get out of this victimization that I had around my divorce and really share that journey of going from you know the mission of keeping families together and teaching kids yoga and really wanting to share that journey with the world and, and really help and heal other mothers because on my motherhood journey I realized I wasn't alone there were many other mothers that felt deeply disconnected yeah. through, through a whole abundance of layers around motherhood but I, I didn't want to do it on my own I had no idea about publishing. I had no idea about writing. I just knew that I, I had the self-belief that I could do it. Yeah. Um, my dear father has um, written and self-published many books. And he just, at the age of 72, got his first publishing deal. So it's never too late. I know. And it's wonderful. It's called The Stupendous Story of Us. And he, we write about the same content, which I think is so beautiful in a very different way. Um, but I... I feel like inside of me, it was a story that needed to be shared. And I paid this money to be supported with other people writing. And interestingly, about five to 10% of people published out of hundreds of people. Wow, yeah. So it's a yeah, real journey of dedication and commitment. I agree with what you're saying. Yes, we can absolutely have people to facilitate and help us make the most of it. But the, when the rubber hits the road, it's you and the computer or you and the paper and the discipline and the focus and the commitment it takes to write a book of any quality is enormous so how did you find that being a mother on your own with a little baby or young child how did you find the the space to to create yeah I worked on it every damn day every day for one year I committed to writing and publishing and interestingly as you all know the writing is actually not that difficult I mean you brain dump and it's a big mess and then you take it to an editor and they give you advice and you know you obviously go through that drafting process the design takes a long time it took me a long time I was very specific about white space and everything I wanted the whole thing to be like a yoga class so that when a mother read it it was a very calm and intimate conversation with with like her best friend really so I was very specific about all of that but 
it was it was really a dedication of I'm doing this every day. I'd get up 5 a.m. I would do have that time before my son was awake. I was teaching, I was working full-time in my business. I was teaching hundreds of kids each week. So I didn't have a huge amount of time. But then when my son went to his father's, which was alternate weekends, I used that that weekend, if you like, to just be in my sanctuary. Um, And actually my my apartment that I was living in was my sanctuary. And I would just spend the whole weekend researching and interviewing people and and really just on this quest of knowledge and learning. I went through... Um, we have a box of books in our garage and we were just clearing it out. And I ha- I've literally kept all the books that I purchased, all the books that I read all around kids and family and mindfulness. And, and, and they're still really precious to me. Um, you know, I can't give them away because it was such a huge part of my life. And I've actually made a scrapbooking album of my journey and all the media that I got and the awards. And I just think I want my kids to know that, you know, like I went on this amazing journey and um that's what life is all about, that you keep evolving on your journey. Yeah, I love that. And I love the documentation of it because you use that word research. And and I think so often we don't understand that that is a huge part of the writing process, especially if you're writing nonfiction. But even if you're writing fiction, you, you will spend a lot of your time in a research phase. And often a book that has that research evident in it and context around it is so much more powerful and interesting to read than a book that seems to, you know, someone has clearly not tried to put their work in a context. So I love that you've got that archive of resources that informed that book for you. Yes, I interviewed a lot of really uh, amazing thought leaders um, who who were in that space of mindfulness and self-care. Um, I got Sarah Naptali, who's the author of Buddhism for Mothers, who at the time was, I guess, the thought leader around. She's mm. written many books. She wrote a beautiful, I sent her my manuscript and she wrote a beautiful comment. And I have that on the back of the book. And again, you know, I interviewed beautiful, I, I talked about yoga and birth and how yoga is such a powerful tool to use through motherhood, not, not the physical asana and the poses. That's a very small part of yoga, but the philosophy, yeah. how does yoga support you as a mother? Yeah. And I find it really fascinating because there's a lot in there around kids as well and how I used yoga and mindfulness to teach children and how my son, Leo, who later got diagnosed with ADHD and autism, was really my muse and my teacher. And he still is to this day. Like, he's still my greatest teacher. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I really love that. And, you know, I had so much beautiful media um, with, with Luna and Phoenix as well. Um, and I think it's such like it's beautiful, you know, to keep that journey and to show my children, um, you know, my Leo was on play school. He was I helped ABC kids um, to teach Humpty Dumpty yoga. So when he was six years old, <laughs> he taught Humpty Dumpty yoga. I mean, how great is that? Like how wonderful for a six year old child to go to school and be really famous, you know, and yeah. be in the playground that he taught Humpty Dumpty yoga. I mean, it's just my kids got some great opportunities from it as well. Um, and I think you've also got, as you were pointing out at the beginning, the book was an entry point into you being considered an expert in that space. So that ABC contacted you, not someone yeah. else. Um, you know, I love that. That gives you that authority as well. So you, you, you've already proven, I mean, there's many examples, but right there, how powerful that can be. Oh, it's, it's a phenomenal platform for you. And of course, you've got to leverage it, right? So the writing part, yes, that can be challenging if you've got writer's block or you're confused about what your mission or statement is, but that you can work on that. Then the editing and the design I found, because I, I, I was just so mindful of recycled paper and everything was sustainable and I didn't want to cut corners. 
Um, so my book was actually quite expensive for me to actually publish in the end, but that was really important to me. And so I was really, you know, I guess, um, mindful of, of any kind of error. Like I wanted it to be this absolutely beautiful, which it did go on to win awards. So it was, it was a really beautiful publication, yeah. but it definitely led me to getting more speaking opportunities. And the work I do now where I contract for an amazing company called Holistic Services Group, I was seen speaking on stage at a wellness day where I was speaking along, alongside Mia Friedman, who of course is very well known for her work with Mamma Mia. And it was all, this is all due to Mother On. You know, it's like I got one speaking gig and then I got another and then the, the stages got larger. And then I got, so, you know, I, I, was, I was seen speaking, I was asked to join a team and now I pretty much just contract for hosting services because the work is beautiful. I love the clients, it's really well paid and I can fit it in so beautifully around my children. And, you know, I reflect on my journey and I just think, wow, I would never have thought that writing a book for mums yeah. would, would you know, it was literally a love letter from my heart to other mothers, I would end up where I am today. It's, yeah. it's a phenomenal journey. I love that. There's so much I want to unpack in there, but I love that you've also illustrated how it's not, a book isn't about a quick win either. You know, it can no. be a book that you deeply care about and you're putting that research and that time and the interviewing and giving all of that quality content to the world, it will stand the test of time. And that ultimately, nearly a decade later, you're now reaping the benefits in ways that you could never have imagined back then, as you say, so that it's it's not about, oh, I'll immediately get lots and lots of people interested. It's having something as legacy that will continue to stand up, you know, on your behalf and go out into the world. Yeah, legacy is really important to me. Like when I sit there and I define my values, there was a time when I wasn't able to be in service after I had my third baby, Phoenix. I, I was just very depleted and you know third baby and that recovery and I was doing third level with you as well and I remember being really quite depressed because I wasn't able to be of service so legacy for me is really important that I will continue to educate and inspire and share and it's all around well-being and and this these beautiful themes of like I still teach yoga um I ran two corporate retreats last year where I taught yoga and I believe this year there'll be a lot more in person yeah. so I'm really welcoming a lot most of the works online at the moment but I'm really manifesting and and yes. welcoming in more in person and what's really fascinating is you know we collect a toolbox of, of, of qualifications and we go on this journey and I now offer all of this to clients and it's amazing because I can do yoga and I can teach mindfulness and I can teach intuitive intelligence and I can research something and come up with an amazing presentation because I have that experience. Yeah. So we worked with an amazing client last year where we put together the seven pillars of holistic health. And um, Dr. Nikki was also involved in that, which was amazing. And I did the self pillar, the emotional pillar and the social pillar. And I, I spent hours researching that to get the best research. And I really loved that process because I, I know what to do and I know what is, is relevant now and I know how to articulate that. Yeah. And I think writing that book and being able to then talk about that content so that, you know, I can talk about this underwater now. Yeah. It's such a gift to be able to master your craft. And also I'm sure you found this, but for me writing a book, it's like the biggest development in, in personal um, self-awareness and development, more so than having your own business. Yes, yeah, well, it's huge. <laughs> Carly Marie, who you I'm sure know yeah. um, around her book Soul Modes, but we're talking about the depth that's required to write a book 
both of yourself as the writer, but also as the reader, like it's an antidote to that sort of superficial, like bright, shiny object syndrome, like a book really requires you to go so deep and to give yourself over to it. And I love that you've touched on that again, because it is, you know, why this format versus any other. And I think it is because you can go deeper and you can investigate things more completely and, and research as you're sharing. Yeah, absolutely. And it gave me the confidence to, to then say yes yeah. to any opportunity that comes along. I'll say yes. Like I'm doing a presentation in a couple of weeks and I, I don't, it's called Better Together. It's about connection and communication. It's not something I presented, but I'm like, yes, you know, I'll, I'll jump off the cliff, build the plane on the way down. Like that's what a book teaches you, yeah. you know, say yes. Everything is figure outable. Is, is that Gabby Bernstein who says that? You know, it's all we can figure it all out. Yeah. But when that opportunity from the universe presents itself, say yes. Yeah, I love that. And then figure it out. You know, you've got the intelligence and you've got the drive and you've got the passion to, to make it work. Yeah, absolutely. They're highly translatable skills from book writing into entrepreneurship. And as you say, then, you know, being seen as an expert in a way, then it becomes a little bit less important about what is it that you are the expert in specifically because you've got those high level skills in research and communication and, and people can translate them to different contexts. I want to pick up on what you talked about uh, in regards to Mother On winning awards, which is incredibly exciting, especially as a self-published author. Um, I know you had that support around it, but it was your publication, yes? How does a writer go about putting their book into the running to win awards and, and how did it happen for you? I think you've just got to enter it, you know, it's like, it's like a bottle of wine, you know, like you just got, like it always looks better when there's an award on the label, you know, so yep. um, we were encouraged to enter them into competitions. So I entered it into a competition in America. It was um, the Living Now Book Awards. It was about books to do with wellness. And I got a silver medal in the health and wellness category. Yeah. And it was such an, it's such an amazing acknowledgement to say my books won awards, but I also um, sent it to Writer's Digest, which of course is a really, really well-known um, organization. And what they did is they just gave me the most amazing review. Yeah. And, and that validation, not that we write books for external validation, but getting a review from someone who spends their life reading books yeah. was such a pivotal pivotal moment for me because I had put so much love and time and I had three editors and you know like it was <laughs> was quite an expensive exercise because I was so wanting it to be the most yeah. the best that I could give to the world but it was just like I was like wow you know I've done something really amazing and like you say I'm still to this day um I still have a few copies left in my garage but I'm literally still using it I'm still selling copies I'm still leveraging and that word is so important when you publish the, the work starts once the book is published yeah I'm saying this to my dad at the moment I'm like dad it's about leverage yeah. it's about marketing yourself like what do you want from being a published author yeah you know and him's very much about legacy you know he's obviously a bit old now so he's like uh, it's all about legacy and it's the same for me too and, and it's the opportunity like I can approach someone like you Ricky and say I've, I've, authored, I've authored you know self-published my own book and I've co-authored in another yeah um, and they you know the co-authored book like many of these co-authored books got global status and Amazon bestseller there's a whole strategy there by the way yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know yes it got to you know number one in the UK and the US and Australia and again 
I have a slight issue when people who are part of a multi-author book say I'm I'm a global best-selling author. I'm like, technically, you were part of a book that yeah. <laughs> you, you you authored a chapter, which is amazing achievement, but to write your own book, yeah, that's next level. Like that, that is really going to give you a lot more credibility. I'm not taking anything away from multi-author books, they're an amazing beautiful journey to be part of with you know when you're collaborating with other women or men who are passionate about what you do so I'm not taking that away but the the I guess fulfillment you get from your own publication yeah. it's you know phenomenal it's birthing a child it has that same kind of euphoric yeah. um you know worthiness you just have a deep sense of worthiness that you can now go and do you know I've got oh yeah I'll do a podcast no problem it was yeah. just okay yeah. you know like what, whatever that you want to do it's just you can figure it out yeah I love that and it is also as you say it's a it's opens doors in the sense that okay so when I I knew I wanted to interview published authors for this season one of the podcast I went through my mind of who do I know who has a book that I admire and of course you popped into my head so it gives you uh an authority and an expertise that even though I know millions of incredible women, you are the one I want to speak to because you've taken the time, the effort, the money, the, you know, the intensity of experience and you've put it into producing a book, which you've described is not an easy thing. It's a choice and you change your lifestyle. Like for that year that yeah. you were writing, as you say, you know, probably social life went out the door. I'm imagining, you know, there was yeah. a lot of, choices and sacrifices to prioritize producing this book and you got an incredible outcome but it isn't you know as you say there's a contrast between writing a chapter that goes into a book which is great it's a great practicing ground and I think yeah. there is value in that um, but I think you are a demonstration of that author beyond it's not about the celebrity and I think if you understand what I mean a lot of the time we're tantalized with the idea of getting into a publication so we can say I'm a bestseller it's like what's the quality of that what does that actually mean versus I know that I spent a year of my life carving something out of nothing and it may not have that you know bestseller on the cover because actually that's a really hard thing to get if you're a solo author but it the quality and depth is what really appeals to me about your work and I think yeah they're, they're different different strategies for different reasons yeah absolutely and they both have a place yeah and I think for someone who wants to go down that that journey of getting a publishing deal or or self-publishing it's you know absolutely I know many beautiful um authors who have self-published and then got publishing deals yeah. so it's absolutely possible but of course you need that dedication and so to have your own publication and, and definitely it's something to be really really proud of and I would love to publish another book and the, the reason I did that 2020 book in a called awakening is that I felt like I wanted to share the next chapter yeah you know and I and I, I would love to write a book around wellness and well-being and everything I've learned in the last few years in terms of corporate wellness it's not it's not just for corporate you know everyone needs this knowledge and so I feel like there's something brewing once kiddies are a bit older or you know I'm not in a bat in a mad rush but a lot of people write a book and then they'll write another it's like getting a tattoo you know it's kind of quite addictive yes. and of course it's easier you know yes. like you do it once and you make a few mistakes and you learn from that and I guess something you know once it's in publication you can't change it it's not a blog yeah, yeah. you know so so life goes on and you know one of the reasons I created Luna Phoenix Designs which are my 
Lael's my first child and Luna Phoenix my second child is because I wrote that book for Lael. I wrote that about Lael. And so I wanted to then go do something really creative for my other children as well. And it's just, again, it's this, it's, it's legacy and it's a story and it's the, it's how you evolve, I think. Yeah. But it's all about mindset at the end of the day. I mean, most of what I teach now is, do you believe you can? Yes or no, because your mind will depict your life. So if you feel like you can go out and publish a book, do it. Yeah. You know, like do it. There's nothing um, holding you back apart from your own thought process. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm interested in that idea that you touched on or that, you know, th there's a theme in Mother On that's still there in your work. I mean, would you, you know, how people write, you know, this now could be Mother On for the corporate world or Mother On for entrepreneurs. Like, is there a, a way to adapt that content for a different audience? Or is it, you know, is it just another book that needs to come out now? So, so much of what's in Mother Om is around negative self-beliefs. Yeah. You know, it's around mindset. It's around acceptance and gratitude. And I teach all of this today. Mm -hmm. I mean, like literally in all my presentations, I, I'm just sort of chuckling because I'm like, I could just take chapters from my book. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm still very passionate about yoga. I'm still very passionate about those teachings. Interestingly, I still teach families if you like so I did a, a presentation last week on how to help your child set goals for the future so I'm talking about a growth mindset for children yeah. you know I still do parenting like wellness is obviously a massive spectrum but I I'm able to weave in so many concepts like when I teach yoga on a retreat I teach them like five-year-olds yeah. <laughs> because adults need to have more fun and they need to oh, yeah. break down the barriers and I get them to do partner work and it, they're laughing their heads off I mean that's <laughs> like ultimately I, I believe I teach connection yeah. yeah and so whether it's mother arm or it's awakening or it's corporate wellness or I'm doing a jewelry making workshop I'm teaching people to connect yeah and when you understand what are you actually teaching, <laughs> you know, what, what are you really out there in the world to be of service? So yeah, connection. And I remember when I first started my business over 10 years ago, my values were connection, communication, commitment and compassion and community. And I've kind of added on collaboration, you know, I've added on a few more, but they, they're still my core values, you know, that I haven't changed those. And so when I'm looking at, like, if I get a, an offer of a job, I, I reflect on that and go, well, does that fit my, is that in alignment yeah. with what I teach? Yeah. And I think it's really important to know that. Yeah. Um, and then of course the universe just goes, here you go. <laughs> like, you know, like we obviously can, can manifest and attract those opportunities by being so clear on our values and our principles. I mean, I've got a, um, I, I'm really into scrapbooking at the moment, but I've got this really beautiful um, page where I, my word is impact for 2022. And I've got pictures of me speaking and in hotels and that's what I want more of. Yeah. And so that's what I'm going to get because I'm so clear on that. It's yeah. not a wishy-washy, can I, you know, get a bigger house or oh, I'm not really sure, you know, like it's not, it's a very clear, this is what I want for 2022. And I'm open to receiving that. Yeah. Thank you, Universe. <laughs> anyone can make it so it is so useful. So I want to ask a few personal questions uh, to complete our interview so we get to know you a little bit better. What are you reading right now? On the toilet or anywhere else? 
<laughs> we may have had a conversation about that. I am really enjoying poetry at the moment. Um, my parents are moving to Australia and they've been going through all the, wow. the you know, our scrapbooks and, and in the attic and they sent me this beautiful poem I wrote when I was 10 years old. It's such a beautiful poem. And I've been buying a lot of books around poetry. So for me, poems are prayers. And so I'm really into John Rodell at the moment. He's a beautiful author. He's self-published. He writes these beautiful poems where he says they're conversations with God. He went through a very difficult time of deep, deep, dark depression. And his, his words were really to himself, but they're helping and healing thousands of people going through the pandemic. And so I've got it in the toilet. I'm really trying to break habits of not being on my phone. So I'll go to the toilet. I lock the door and there's you know no kids in there and I just get five minutes to read a beautiful poem yeah. and I've also started to write haiku poetry which is a Japanese form of poetry it's very simple it's yeah. 17 syllables so three lines and again because I'm really into um, memories and scrapbooking and, and really enjoying that documenting that journey you can write a poem that describes a picture yeah and I, I'm just finding this marriage between art I mean, I like to call myself a life, life artist. Yeah. It's such a beautiful journey to, to be so much in that sacral energy. And, you know, I'm always looking for creative ways to express life. So I'm really feeling called into poetry and sharing that. I, I haven't talked at all about the pandemic. I just don't, it's not that I don't have an opinion about COVID-19 or vaccinations, or I, I do, but I just don't feel called to share that on social. But what I do feel called to do is empower and inspire others through words yeah. and through teachings. And I'm going to use poetry now as a way of doing that because I think it's really beautiful and it's really powerful. I love that. And, you know, every writer I've spoken to says the same thing. You've got to be writing. Like it doesn't matter how or what or where, you've just got to write. And something like a haiku is so much discipline of like, how can I can capture this feeling in the least amount of words and the most beautiful uh, phrasing? And it, that discipline keeps all of those juices of the writer going, you know, having those sorts of little uh, outputs that are actually huge when it comes to conveying something that can't necessarily be expressed like that feeling of looking at a memory in a photo. Yeah, that's awesome. So my darling, what's something people misunderstand about you? <laughs> I'm actually quite an introvert. Ah, see, there you go. I'm like, <laughs> really? Okay. I'm, I'm very extrovert. I need, I love people. I get a lot of energy from people, but I really crave solitude. Yeah. And I, and I really love to just be on my own with a book or making some jewelry or using my hands is very important to me. So your hands are an extension of your heart. And I've, as I've got older, I've really noticed that I need downtime. I used to be such an extrovert like putting all my energy out yeah. and being of service and you know even like having people over and having parties I mean I love all of that but I've really as I've got older learned that I need solitude and I need silence and that's where that clarity comes to me so yeah it's interesting I can't do it for too long because then I get you know like, you know my ADHD brain is like oh oh I need like some you know distraction or whatever but it's yeah, I, I am quite introverted in, in, you know, and I'm learning this more about myself as I get older, because I would never have said that about myself. Yeah. You know, life and soul of the party and I, yeah. my daughter, oh my goodness. I mean, she is just a force and she's just so confident and social. 
Um, and I'm like, I find myself retreating away with, <laughs> you know, on the toilet with a book, with a book of poems. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's lovely to have that blend of the social and the interaction. Like I'm all about community. I'm all about sitting in women's circles and that in-person connection is really deeply important to me, but I'm also very much about solitude. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. I've learned something more about you also <laughs> then. And if today or tomorrow was the last day on earth for you, what would you want us to know? Oh, well, I'm watching Manifest right now, which is brilliant. I don't get sucked into a Netflix series often, but I love it. There's so many messages in there around intuition, which I really love. Oh, yeah, it's uh, they have callings and it's all it's, it's all a big puzzle, but it's it's very gripping. But I just think that each day we have an opportunity and we can rise to that opportunity and we can go out there and we can be the best version of ourselves and we can publish books and we can do all these things. I just think every moment is a choice and we feel like our choices have been taken away with the government and all these things that are happening. And so something I'm really passionate about is just focus on what you can control. Yeah. Your well-being, your health, your relationships, yeah. your mind, your body you know we're in control of all of that yeah and so that really is something that yeah focus on what you can control because 90 percent of it you can't yeah but why are you wasting it and energy is really important to me so i really teach manage your energy not your time yeah yeah beautiful thank you and such a potent message for the world right now as you know there is a feeling that things are not in our control. Maybe it was always an illusion that things were in our control, but there are things that are, and it's our responsibility to really take that choice and make our life what it can be, which you are such a demonstration of. Thank you, darling woman. Thank you for joining us. I hope we get to have more conversations like this. It's we could, so many different things we could talk about. <laughs> so many things. And yeah, I really hope 2022 brings everyone more connection, whether it's retreats or workshops. Um, I mean, the online world is fantastic, but there's nothing like, you know, that heart to heart connection. So I hope the world opens up in a really beautiful way. Yeah. Um, but conversations are you know, I love podcasts. I listen to lots of podcasts or audio books are also mm -hmm. something I've been really tuning into. We've always got this opportunity to be an eternal student. You know, nothing I do is perfect. And I love that. I love that it's imperfect and we can always go out there and learn. So thank you for listening, everyone. And yeah, I hope come connect with me, come stalk me, come, you know, yeah. I, I, I will, pr I promise to write some haiku poetry and share them. <laughs> Please do. And we'll include yeah. links to everything you've mentioned and all of your socials and uh, resources in our show notes. Thank you so much, my darling sister. Bye. to tell you about the intuitive intelligence trainer certification program we are opening up for interviews for our 250 hour trainer program beginning in July 2022 for women and September 2022 for men the very first time we are welcoming men into the container of this program this is a gold standard, world-class, groundbreaking training in consciousness and intuitive intelligence development.
We train to awaken intuition and consciousness in others, not to read them, not to tell them the answers, but as we do so for ourselves, to develop the intuitive intelligence of those that we serve. This is the key to the spiritual revolution that the world is needing right now. I would be so honored if you would take the time to head to our website, instituteforintuitiveintelligence.com and take a look at the prospectus. You can find all the information you need, including on scholarships that we have available and everything you need to know about your decision to participate in this life-changing work invitation to this program uh, or introduction to the program is by invitation so you will interview with me my name is dr ricky jane adams i am the principal of the institute and it would be my absolute privilege to get to know you and together we can establish if this program is the next best step for your life head to institute for intuitive intelligence.com or just google us and you'll find everything you need